Welcome to the Nitty Gritty, everybody. Episode 24, Brent just said. We have a very special guest today. So we have Tandy Suter, the owner of Wasatch Combat Sports. So what is Wasatch Sports? Uh, Wasatch Combat Sports is an MMA gym. So okay. we focus on the Muay Thai kickboxing, boxing, right. jiu-jitsu, gi jiu-jitsu, no gi jiu-jitsu. Uh, a gi we is have, like your uh, karate uniform, uh-huh. right? That's what we'll, we'll explain it in layman's terms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Your belt. So, yeah. Uh-huh. So then we have the women's Muay Thai, women's like a women's program. We also have the strength and conditioning classes, which are CrossFit classes, but right. we don't have the affiliate. But <laughs> uh, it's, it's like a religion. They're all, yes. CrossFit. They're all certified in CrossFit and all of us, right. like all the, all oh, of us that teach. Are? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. They're amazing. And then we have um, also, we, also included Krav Maga just last year, okay. just so we, we could have the combination of, you know, the street self-defense plus the traditional boxing and the, you know, competitive Muay Thai and right. all that. So, um, and then we also have the MMA that combines everything, the MMA classes, and we also have sparring classes. And so uh, the majority of people that come in are the beginners that want to learn, that have always wanted to do it, you know? But then we have um, a team that competes and all get together Monday, Wednesday, um, and Saturdays and all spar and train together and all the coaches get together and train. Um, but it's cool because of the kids program, we have the kids jujitsu and the kids Muay Thai program. And so the parents will bring their kids in and see it. And they're like, I want to do that. That's why I've been sitting in the car lately because I'm like, I'm about <laughs> you to get sucked do in it. and I don't want to do this. I know you want to do I'll it. I'll die. <laughs> if you but go, I need to. If you go, I'll go. I'll, see? Listen, so, so I met Tandy. Let's see. It's probably been about four or five months ago. Mm-hmm. My son Dodger got my uh, ADHD. Fortunately, okay, I'm starting to embrace it. There's some <laughs> good things about it. But my counselor said that they're seeing test scores go up by thirty percent with kids kids that have ADHD if they do martial arts mm-hmm. like twice a week. Really? Because. Kids with ADHD need to do things that engage like their whole body. Everything's activated when you're Every, doing it. Right. Their brains can shut off. and they So he he's fallen in love with jujitsu. I wrestled. So, of course, jujitsu was kind of like what I want him to push, in, you know, push him into. But first name that came up without even hesitating was you, was Tandy and, and your gym. And so that's, awesome. that's really how I met Tandy was taking Dodger. And then Brock's like, you need to meet Tandy and Blake. So if you, if you see her, I'm like, which one is she? And shows me the Facebook page and first thing I see is you kicking a bag. I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> that uh, anyway, Tandy, how tall are you? I'm like I'm gonna say five five and three fourths. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> you're like five Tandy, one. Yeah. <laughs> no, just right. Tan, so Tandy is yeah, compared to me. I'm like right? five, five and a half. I wouldn't fight Tandy. Not a chance. Like you should see how her. How did you get into it? Like how did you first start fighting? Should I go back to the beginning? Oh boy! Yeah. Well, yeah. It is. It is a really. I know a little bit of it. It's but, a fun story, but, though. Yeah. Well, let's let's get into it. I think All that'd right. be awesome. So, um, I, I was a personal trainer at Twenty Four Hour Fitness, um, and like I remember, because I I didn't go to college. I had my son when I was really young, right. and I remember just thinking, uh, I like I loved. I was obsessed with fitness and. Um, wanted to have that confidence and, you know, build muscle. And I mean, there was a time when I was like 18 that I went through like a really insecure, 
um, kind of an anorexia phase. For and I remember thinking, I I want to be strong. Like I want to be strong. I want to be healthy. And what clicked that made you switch? Because I think a lot of people, especially girls in high school, kind of go through a similar yeah. stage to where like skinny is sexy to where strong is sexy. I went to a kickboxing class. Okay. It was a cardio kickboxing class. And I remember the instructor was ripped, but like beautiful so and that's... had just beautiful muscle. And I'm like, I want that. That's what I want. Which is such an awesome message. Yeah. That's, that's you yeah. know, what you want your kids, what you, what you want your girls to kind of strive to be, right? Exactly, exactly. So I um, started learning about the body and I would massage my son. My son um, had severe cerebral palsy and I would massage his muscles and and say and name all the muscles as I'm rubbing oh, through wow. his body so that I could memorize anatomy. And that's how I, uh, that's how I started, you know, getting into being able to take the tests and memorizing the body that way. Anyway, so I I got my NASM, uh, did it all on my own. What is NASM? NASM is the National Academy of Sports Medicine Certificate for Personal Training. Okay. So, and then started- uh, Andrew. It. <laughs> There's like so many, oh uh, my gosh. Swear, so I started he's still at, learning. <laughs> I started 24-Hour Fitness and, and then uh, one of my close friends there, her name was Melanie, um, Melanie Edwards Kohler back then, but she's like, Hey, I, I, uh, she would go and hang out with people up in Salt Lake and go to the bars and stuff. And she went and, and jumped into at the, you know, they put the huge gloves on you and they right. have you go fight in a ring, like up at the bars and stuff. Right. So she jumps in and fought some girl. She was, you know, what she's wild as can be. And one of these guys came up to her. They're like, hey, we think that you have a lot of talent. You could actually do this. You should come and learn. We'll teach you this thing called Muay Thai. And so she comes back to the gym. She's like, oh, my gosh, I've got these guys who are going to teach me how to do some fighting called Muay Thai. You got to come with me. And I'm like, okay. Like before that, I was doing uh, Tai Bo kickboxing. Right. You know, Tai Bo, oh, yeah. Billy yeah. Blanks, right? Yes, the video. In my, in my basement, in the yes. basement, in the dark, and I'm sitting there punching the air, <laughs> and I'm feeling awesome and amazing. And I had like so much energy, and I felt so tough. And, and I'm like, I want to really know how to, you know, fight and, and defend myself. And so when she told me that, I'm like, hell yeah, yeah. I'm going. So I went with her, and it was the best workout I'd ever had. And I felt so empowered and, and I just barely even just learned how to punch correctly and like trying to learn how to kick. How cool is that? Have you ever done a kickboxing class, Andrew? No. I've, I did one for like two weeks. Well, like a real them. kickboxing class? Well, no. Like a well, bossa. Like a bossa. Well, look, so <laughs> I, call it, I call it fat camp. So I went to biggest loser had like a ranch that I went to for a month. You did? Yeah. This was like. I don't think I've ever told the story in the podcast. I won't tell the whole thing now, but um, it was like, I mean, I was burning like six to 9,000 oh, calories yeah. a day. Oh, yeah. Like hikes in the morning. Like it was just one month of like 12 hours a day. But there was a kid that he didn't quite make it to the UFC. He was in some local promotions in California, but he taught this kickboxing class and it was so much fun. But... There was no other thing that we did there that came close to just working you over 
than kickboxing. Like mm-hmm. most calories per hour by far. Yep. Like even over spin class. Yes, that's right. I did a spin class. I, I did spin for a while. Well, I but see, spin. you on a bike makes sense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Me on a spin bike, it doesn't. Anyway, but yeah. Wow. Tandy, you said that Anyways. you did it and you were thinking of getting in shape, but you also mentioned, I want to be able to defend myself. Yeah. Was that something that was in your mind at that age? Like, oh, yeah. Wanting, to, like, why? Well, where, yeah, where did that come well, from? Well, so I was in a really bad relationship starting at age 14. Right. Uh, with my son's biological dad, okay. sperm donor. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and it just kind of, like, I mean, very abusive, uh, mentally, physically, just in every way abusive. And when you're young, and you're literally that's the age where you're starting to learn how to have confidence and learn how to stand up for yourself and if you don't learn it and you're just getting smashed down between the age of 14 to 18 you have a long ways to go to build your confidence up you know i mean your insecurities are way down and um extremely vulnerable and and so at the age so i actually started working out at age because i had married the guy I at sixteen. I got pregnant wow. when I was fifteen. Oh, you married him at sixteen. I married him at sixteen. Okay, that was a mistake. But when you're young, you don't know. What else well, are you you're gonna stupid. do? Stupid yeah. for sure. And 100%. so, yeah, married the guy, had my son, and my son ha- was born with severe um, brain damage from abuse that I'd went through. And so, because of that, um, so like when, once I had my son, so I was. Uh, you know, 16, trying to take care of my son, me doing all the working, the dad stayed home on the couch and played his bass guitar. Like, I mean, it was, it was just a bad, bad situation all around. So when I turned 17 and I started working out again, cause we had separated right. and, and I was living with my mom and started losing weight. Cause I was, ext- I got extremely overweight and I was like, man, I feel good. Like I feel happy what is this like? And so when I started, you know, getting in more shape and more shape and trying to get, um, you know, healthy, that's when I finally was able to have some confidence to get away from him and finally divorced him at 18. So I was, you know, single mom with a handicapped child at 18 years old, Wow. you know? And so that's when I started getting into the fitness and thinking that I wanted to be skinny and, and that last, the skinny th- phase probably lasted like <laughs> right. a year of maybe eight months. And then, and then I was strong. And then I saw that, that kickboxing instructor and it was just a cardio kickboxing class, but I was like, wow, she's the most incredible body, but she's strong and healthy and probably eats, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 100%. And you probably could feel her confidence though too. Oh yeah. You know, at, yeah. at an impressionable, an impressionable age mm-hmm. when you're kind of searching for that, right? you know, you find this powerful beautiful woman you could right. just like i want to be i want to be like, like that. that yeah you know, like well man yep. you were 18 going on 35 at right. that point right i mean i that i took a kick to the head for real sure. early <laughs> but you know again a classic example of no matter what how bad something is good comes from it if yeah. you know if, I, if you I attack do. it the I, way I that you back. did I look back to all the things that I ever went through and I learned so much from it. Right. Like I wouldn't go back and take anything away from anything right. I've been through. I mean, That's I'll tell huge. you, I don't know if I should go into another story when I was 14, but I died when I was 14. Hold and on, what? You can't, just, life. you can't just like, <laughs> like say that. Holy crap. Uh, I'll tell you a short what? story real quick. Um, so I ran away from home when I was 14, slept in a recycling bin 
and it dumped me the next morning. It dumped me. Oh my god! Compacted me, and and Hold on. so they had to, so and I was with the biological dad at the time, so he was able to jump back under the lid and only buried him up to like his waist, but I was at the bottom, covered with like eight hundred pounds of newspapers, and it like and so I remember waking up, think like you know trying to move and couldn't move and you know screaming for help and all of a sudden yeah you know like star wars yeah yeah yeah. it's like star wars with chewy and han solo yes oh my gosh so uh, we're talking like truck lifts you up over the top Uh dumps you into the back compact oh my gosh yeah so my shoulders were compacting my hips my every breath out i'd lose air because my lungs were getting compacted oh i thought my eyes were going to pop out of my sockets like so at that point like i lose air and i finally like lose consciousness and pass out but because i passed out all my bones flexed right and and so when they went around to the next bin he was jumped out he finally pushed his way out but it pulled his shoes off pulled his pants off and like got the guy to stop they climbed back in really well he climbs in and the guy had to follow him because he thought the kid was on drugs and and then looks down and sees that there's like bags of clothes and like and he starts digging, and I guess they dug for like fifteen or twenty minutes. Found me at the bottom, pulled me out. They dug for so you fifteen would to twenty minutes to dr- find you. Yeah, you had basically drowned. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. In newspapers. <laughs> Luckily, it was newspapers and not garbage, and I wasn't that dumb. But <laughs> well, oh, could you imagine the driver? You're just so dumb. When you you're imagine young. the driver like all of a sudden somebody jumps off the roof of your truck or whatever, and just like right. There are people in the back that. Oh, I just think of you know they dump ours behind the restaurant twice a week i'm like could you imagine yeah just oh my gosh yeah because i had ran away from home didn't have right. anywhere to sleep and so like oh jumping was, was this like the bed. first night that you'd ran away or had you been oh no i had been gone for two weeks Holy over God. thanksgiving like and i would just kind of keep hiding from place to place right. and plus it's cold wait was and this it's cold and it's snowing mm-hmm. is that why you chose the recycling to kind of stay yep. warm underneath all the paper yep it's actually kind of a brilliant shelter had, idea had you, you slept there it. before nope Unbelievable. nope <laughs> oh boy okay so anyway, you still so married the guy okay so yeah so, holy <laughs> moly so the driver finds you yeah then so what? they had to so i wasn't breathing or anything so they had to do cpr and i had like blood coming up my mouth my ears like my entire body was black and blue from the pressure who knew cpr the driver i think the driver did yeah yeah not crazy so it was at the orem park and so i was next to the police station right. so they were able to run next door grab okay. the police and the police so the just ran the over east side of yep the city, city so anytime of- you drive by there and you see the recycling bins there's all these warnings all over it it's because oh of me oh my gosh <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> so i would have i've never heard anything like that yeah. not not only i mean just people even sleeping in them like it makes yeah. sense because it's november right yeah yeah so it's insane so I split my liver in half. They found out that I split my liver in half because of the Did pressure. Did you break any bones? Mm-mm, I didn't break any bones, but I had a lot. Like I had like cartilage stuff going on in my spine and and my hips. That's what like ever since I've had bad hips, bad spine. Well, yeah, it makes and then sense. I got into Muay Thai. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, oh my gosh! But yeah, so that that kind of um, kind of started the whole like okay, I need to start getting my life together and and you know my family is important and and obviously the only ones that came and saw me were my family and like how long was your recovery uh three months i was in the hospital for three and a half weeks 
And then I couldn't leave my parents' side for three months because my liver was still clotting together and like, cause they didn't do surgery or anything. It just clotted back together cause I was so young. And so they, I, if I took one like wrong bounce, it could go blip, and I could bleed to death, you know? So, but, and th- so it was at that point when I stopped doing the whole running away thing and um, stopped drinking. I mean, how, how sad is that you, that you stopped drinking at 14? <laughs> hey, you know, better, better younger, you know, better sooner than later. Right. Oh. I mean, so, that's insane. Everybody has their journey, right? Yeah. 100%. So getting, so, so it's things like that. Like it's the challenges that you, that you go through in life that kind of bring you back to reality and, and help you learn from it. And, and so then, I mean, I, you, I learned, but I didn't fully learn and I got pregnant when I was 15 right. and, but it was my son that truly saved me. I mean, was that kind of the, that was the, the, the tipping point, yes, if you will. Yeah, that was definitely the tipping point because no, I mean, I couldn't give him up for adoption because there's no one else in the world that for could sure. love him like I could love him, you know, and wow. just the the energy that he had around him just makes you want to be a better person, you know. And I mean, you, I you I felt was his that voice. as soon as he was born. <clears throat> oh, absolutely! I felt it when I was pregnant with him, and. Just wanting to, you know, I had to be his, or just being a better person and having to be his voice and his arms and his legs and, and do everything for him, you know, and, and I couldn't be that, you know, scared 16 year old that couldn't make a phone call. I I had to talk to doctors. I had to make appointments for him and I had to remember appointments and, and drive him places and get him to all these places. And yeah, it was wild, but. I mean, as a 16 year old girl, did you. Before it was born, I mean, did you question like, am I going to be able to do this? You know, like, like, did you know that you were like going to do it? The weird thing is, when you're 16, you think you can do anything. anything. That's true. You're right. (laughs) You know, and so so, that's almost like a saving grace. Because like now, like having kids, I was terrified going into having my girls because I never had a baby that I'd have to say no to, and like to teach discipline and you know right. teach them how to be strong That's women and you know i was right. way more scared with them than i was my son and yeah so i think going just having him so young kind of i just had to kind of learn as i went with him so tell obviously this strong will comes from so like even the running away at 14 says oh my god i i'm a strong-willed think I know everything. Yes. You know, just pits and vinegar, right? Well, and so, and I think we should, (laughs) we should say here that I found out after we met that, so one of our previous guests, Rena, Uh is your sister, Uh right? Perk Energy. And so they're just, there's kind of a common denominator with both of you. It just kind of feels like more suffering than most people have to go through, but what I think that's what makes you guys so special. It's like, sometimes I wonder if God just puts some people here that like, I know that they can still take care of people and be there for people and handle all of this. Yeah. You know, there are seven kids in my family. Right. Uh, So it was my brother, Weston is the oldest and then Rena and then our brother, William, and then me. So I was a middle child. And then I had two younger sisters and you take middle kids, man. (laughs) Yeah. They're always the problems. Naughty. Oh man, man, I was naughty. It's, yeah. It terrifies me. My <laughs> little Ava right now oh. is got has that that strong willed attitude, and right. and when I say no, she just 
it literally sets her off and she's 11 months old. I am like in so much trouble. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> so I think I, I think this, this day and child. age it's not a bad thing like you want yeah. them to have some of that and so I want her to embrace her strength. Right. And something that I didn't I wasn't able to learn, you know, when I was little is is you have dr- when you have drive and you have focus and you want to do something, help your kids do it. Right. Like don't don't hold them back. Just, I wish that I would have had the opportunities to, I mean, we, we grew up really poor and, and so we didn't, my parents didn't have the money to put me into the sports and things that right. I wanted to do. And if my girls want to do that, oh, I am going to help every way I can. Sports is such them. a big deal. We've talked about oh, yeah. that a few times in here. It's just, it's so, I think it's so important for kids and development. I mean, something maybe it doesn't have to be sports. I mean, even piano lessons. Oh, yeah, something that they're There's passionate Just something yeah. that they love. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, like, I'll never push Dodger. Sometimes as a parent, like, I, so I played hockey my whole life. I would love to see him play hockey, but I want him to play what he wants to play. Oh, I, I totally can see my girls not wanting to do Muay Thai because right. I do Muay Thai, and they're going to want to dance or something. <laughs> they're going to be Barbie, I, I Barbie doll. I, I danced when I was little. <laughs> right. But my mom was a dancer, and my mom taught okay. dance, and so I just kind of did it because that's what she was teaching. So you're saying my kids so. are going to end up vegetarians? <laughs> right. That scares the hell out of me, Andy. <laughs> that would scare I'm me, just too. Kidding. That would really scare me. But, <laughs> okay. yeah. Was there anyone around that 18, 19 who kind of became like, I don't know, was it a family member? Was it siblings? It's kind of like a mentor, someone who you kind of leaned on a little bit for strength, or at that time, did you really oh, just kind of Rena, lean on yourself? Uh, my sister Rena, like we we were really close um, around around that age and stuff. Is you know, I'd, in the very very beginning, she, we, her and my brothers were definitely part of the influencers, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but then you know, like she she had her son at eighteen, right. and I had my son when I was. 15 and so her son was only a year older than my son and so that's when we both kind of and we're like oh what the freak are we doing but and we got our like you look at lives together right and that's and you look at it's so funny i know a few people so when he i grew up in heber and you know back in high school in heber it was teeny so it was yeah on like rival rivalry why can't i say that rivalry week park city high school would all the girls would come dressed as wasatch wasps and they'd all be pregnant yeah because we had a lot of that like starting in seventh eighth grade and but what's fascinating is you look at like you know rena's oldest son Mm -hmm. right like i bet you think the world is ending when you're you know i bet most people treated you like what are you doing you're 14 years old but oh yeah looking back now it's like man you handled it yep Right, and yep. it's. I think lot, that's fascinating. There's a lot that don't, though, which is it's, the sad part. It's true. I mean, you could you. It either is going to change you, or it's going to just destroy. Like, no, there's no in between. No, right. No, you're either going to pass it off the baby off to someone else, and your life's going to go down fast because of it, or you're going to get your shit together. Right. Sorry. No. Sorry on here. Listen, we keep it real in here. Well, I can't go too real. Then I get in real trouble at home. But Brent can beep. Brent, Brent can beep us. But okay, so we start. So eighteen. Yeah. That's when. That's when you started taking the classes. Is that when yeah. you divorced? Yeah. So I divorced him at eighteen. Um, I worked at Sundance. 
for a few years and then uh, worked at 24 Hour Fitness and then got into the kickboxing with my best friend, Melanie, and trained for like a year. And then I had uh, guys that I was training with said, hey, we're all going to go do this competition out in Florida. You've got to do it with us. Because I was like, I just do it for fun. I don't want to (laughs) fight. I don't want to fight. Had you ever even thought about fighting? Oh, no. Until I started learning how to spar and stuff, I'm like... I bet I would be really good. Right. And you think that you're like confident going into your first fight. Well, I'm, I know I was. Yeah. And I was like, I'll totally destroy her. Cause I watched the girl fight in this competition. Cause she was the uh, champion from the past two years. So she, her record your first fight was against. The oh record. yeah. Wait. So what year was this? <laughs> this Just was for the MMA part of 2001. So, I mean, we're still, I mean, it's UFC one was what? 96. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, this is well before the wave. Oh yeah. Of you know. So MMA finding being fights popular. was really hard. Oh, so this sure. was the IKF kickboxing okay. tournament um, in Florida, and so I fought the girl that was um, the champion. So she was seven and zero. Her record was seven and zero, and they put me with her as my first fight. And they gave her another girl before me uh, to fight, kind of to get you know like to warm her up if i had would have had one fight before the fight her my fight with her i i think i could have beat her but so i went into the fight thinking oh i'm just gonna block all of her punches (laughs) you know and then she's gonna get tired (laughs) that's not how it works (laughs) so i go out my first round and she literally runs me to the corner like she did every single person and i was like oh i won't do that Oh, oh no. my I, gosh. I ran to the corner with my hands up. I blocked everything, yes. But then I get back to my corner out the first round, and my coach is like swearing and yelling at me. I didn't come all the way out here to watch you get your ass kicked. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so second round goes out, and I start throwing punches and clenching up with her and just throwing her on the ground. But I'm so tired already just from the adrenaline. And I like pumped myself up before the fight and I'm listening to hard music and I'm like, yeah, like getting myself all excited. Wrong thing to do. <laughs> I learned that after my right. first fight. I learned a lot of things after my first fight. Uh, but then third round came out. So I won the second round for sure. Um, and then the third round, she came out stronger and threw a lot of punches and, and two of the judges gave it to her, her. So they gave the fight to her. And I remember like she came over to me. She's like, that's the hardest fight I've ever had. And I was like, well, that's my first fight. So, <laughs> so then I did like an exhibition fight because a girl didn't get an opponent. So I fought her and that was like the funnest fight ever because I kicked her in the head like six times and she thanked me after the fight. And like, <laughs> wow, it was so fun. So wait, this but, is only what, a year and a half or so after you started yeah, kickboxing? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. So, and so I, you caught the bug then. Oh yeah. So I got done thinking if I went, oh, I just, I, I should have just circled. I should have just punched right here. I should have just clenched right here. I should have just kicked right here. Why did I just punch? Why didn't I throw a kick after my punch? Like all these things are just, you know, running through my head over and over and over. And so I was like, I got to fight again. I got to just win one fight just so I can say I want to fight. And then it was just all over from there. But I won every fight since then because I was like, I never want to lose ever again. Because it was more like every fight after that was, if I can beat the Tandy that was in the ring before, then I can beat this girl. So it's not about beating that girl. It's about beating my mind. Like, it's such a mental game. Such and how many things game. could you apply that to in everyday life? Oh, yeah. Everything needs to be that. You need to fight yourself. Right. Yep. Not. Like, you can't go into life putting your hands up, thinking that you're going to block everything. You have to fight back. 
you're gonna get kicked. You're gonna get knocked yep. down. Well, and then you're you, gonna lose some rounds. And yep. you learn a lot when you get knocked down, right? I mean, that's you're the gonna thing. take it's some the next shots. Fight, you know that you're okay. Well, yep. I can't put myself in this position. You've got to you've got to give them four shots back to every one shot of theirs. You know, no. so yeah, you got to play offense. You can't just play defense. You're never exactly. gonna win life just playing defense all the time. Exactly. So when I when we do women's self defense seminars, we're we're doing one um, November sixth actually at my gym. Uh, with another um, two other MMA girls, um, one girl's Caitlin Neal. She does like oh, I love Caitlin. Yeah, Katniss. Yes, Katniss. Yeah. So me and her and another girl Tracy Morris. Okay. Um, she's another MMA fighter. Are all doing a women's self defense seminar November sixth at my gym for free. That is so. so. Well, we're gonna talk. This about is fortuitous. Yeah, because we, we yeah we have some ideas. We had all a right. guest last week that. <clears throat> We really wanted you to come on because it's such a good one-two punch. Her name is Robin Warner, and her uh, fly on the wall, right, Mm -hmm. is her Instagram. But she was sexually assaulted at 18, and it's just a crazy story. But the guy was going to murder her, too, like knife to her throat. But she fought him off, and ever since then... She's been a huge advocate of of self-defense and and like you two would just, yeah, but she's not an MMA fighter. Like she's, but anyway, we'll get into that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see the two sides of it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because with the self-defense, it's not like, I'm not going to teach them how to punch and teach like, right. And kick someone in the leg. You know, it's, it's really about, you know, defending yourself, uh, how your, your posture, how you're carrying yourself. Um, like don't go into situations being the vulnerable, timid person. You have to, you know, go in and stare someone in the eyes, give them dirty looks, let them know that, you know, that they're there. Uh, Don't walk down, don't walk it down a dark alley, you know, don't do, don't put yourself in bad situations. Yeah. Anyways, so what, what would you say is the biggest misconception that, and maybe even you had it when you got into it? Um, but what's the biggest misconception around MMA and then women in MMA? Hmm. Women are the best fights, by the way. If I see like a couple of girl fights on the UFC cards, I'm buying them. Yeah, they're the best fights. Sorry, yeah. ADD, but yeah, well, and that was the thing is that they think that girl that that. Oh, she's a fighter. She must. She must just be like a total tomboy and right. just scrappy and wild. And and it's not. It, it's not. Well, at look all. at you and Caitlin. Yeah. Right? Like, just beautiful people. Right. Girly, but I made a point to be extra, like to wear skirts in my fight. Yeah. And to go out as girly as possible. Oh, really? And I love people it. would be like, "Oh, this girl's gonna get her butt kicked." Because I'd be going <laughs> against some girl in shorts and like, you know, white beater shirt and stuff, you know. And I'd go out in my pink she skirts. Snaps their femur. Like, and I'd be smiling at everyone on the way out. They're like, "What's this girl smiling at?" I'm like, "Just wait." <laughs> I'd be smiling at my opponent in the ring, and I always have this huge smile on my face. <laughs> oh my gosh! But, we got to find some of these videos. Oh, uh, these fights. Oh, so fun. Did you have something that was like? All right, it's game time. So the only the the example I use, a friend of mine, James Lawrence, Iron Cowboy. I don't know, uh-huh. you know yeah, James. Yeah. He talked about like whenever he put his glasses on, it was like the 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 flip switched, and you knew it was like time to go. Yeah. Like for me playing basketball, like whenever I would warm up, I wouldn't tie my shoes, but like as soon as I laced them up and I tied them, it's game time. Ah. Like, did you have something like that? Like when you were mm. walking into a ring, that was like the walk. Once I did sure. this, yeah. I'm on. The music, the, the music. walkout. Oh, so yeah. I had a song. Okay. What's your song? It's Enya. Shut your, your mouth. Your song is Enya? My song is The River Sings by Enya. Oh, 
my gosh. Imagine that. We're adding that pink. to the Insta story. We have to. Right. Put that in the back. A peak skirt walking out to Enya with a big smile. Yep. I walked out to Enya. The river sings. That's really funny. Really fast. How did yeah. you come up with that? I loved it and it made me feel so, it was so calming, but yet so powerful all at the same time. So this is what you'd hear as I'd walk out. That's There's pretty. That's... Ooh. <laughs> oh, you can see you're getting in the mode right now. I love it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what a great, who would have ever thought an Enya song could be such a powerful walkout oh, yeah. song, but yeah. That, so that... the whole auditorium would just start screaming and like, wow. And yeah, I'd get that like rush over my body, but you'd have you had to stay calm because if you came out like when everyone comes out to like the heart and there it's already right. pumping their adrenaline, you right. know. And so by the time they get to the cage, so my second fight, I came out to like a uh, a no doubt song, like a hard, right, hard hard no doubt song, right. By the time I got to the ring, I was exhausted. And I was like, oh no, I can't even keep my hands up at this point. Now what am I going to do? You know? And so I started listening to Enya or Josh Groban Just to kind of before relax my fights to relax and calm me down so that my adrenaline wouldn't wear out. That's amazing. Yeah. So how are you doing this and balancing being a single mom? Like what was that Not like? only a single mom, like, I mean, cerebral palsy. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, he was I there. have a very dear friend that has cerebral palsy and it is, he's 35 and mom is has to be there at all like he still is it's a lot of work yeah right yeah so he was like a two-month-old baby his whole life like between a two to four month but he was like a content two to four month old baby right he was a little angel but at, at that time so i literally would carry him to the gym with me lay him on the mats with i'd like bring all these blankets and make a big blanket for for him and lay him on the mats and he would just laugh and smile and and as soon as everyone started hitting pads he would go and fall asleep <laughs> really yeah he was just like he was a gym rat like he loved it he that didn't cry like he was just such a good baby such a good baby like his whole life and so really he helped me to be able to do all that because he was so content with life but i mean still to be your age and have to you know take him with you and and, and it just goes to show that you can do anything oh yeah if you put your mind to it yep like i wanted it so bad like i remember like even doing the personal training i wanted it so bad i remember being in tears trying to memorize um all the stuff in the books and and because i wanted it so bad and that's how, what happened with the fighting because um even before i had met the the biological dad i was in really bad situations with right. um with some of my brother's friends that my brothers didn't protect me Wow. They didn't stand up for me. They didn't save me from a bad situation um, of of almost being molested and, and their friends trying to molest me. Jeez. And and so I didn't have my brothers to stand up for me. And the only brother that would have stood up for me was my baby brother, who was a baby at the time. Right. You know, it was so young. And so I remember thinking, like, I had to be the one to stand up for myself. And that's that's probably a, a big reason why Rena and I are so strong-headed is because we were pretty much the older siblings taking right. care of the younger siblings uh, and because our older two brothers weren't, you know, weren't there for us. Did uh, you ever have moments where it was a moment of, call it weakness, whatever, like, why me? Like, like 
like what more do I have to, I mean, cause you went through all this oh, stuff yeah. growing up and then you have a kid young and not only do you have a kid young doing, you know, severe you cerebral palsy and then it just, and throughout never, your whole life. I never thought, oh, why me with my son? Cause I was always, it's a weird, like you love your kids so much that I was like so grateful and just madly in love with him that uh, it was more like, I just just keep helping me, keep helping me have strength. Just keep helping me have strength, so I can keep going. And I think that's what kept me going it's like with my day son. by day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that what we just kind of focus on getting through that day? It was more why my son. Okay. Why does he have to go through this? I if I could take this, I would. If I could take his hip surgeries away from him and give it to me, I would do it. His back surgeries, his stomach surgeries, his like all the seizures, his fevers, like. Mm. And all the hospital stays and him not being able to handle food. I mean, we lived in the hospital for two years straight. I literally had a sleep key for their sleep room that they'd given me because I was there for three weeks on, two weeks off, three weeks on, two weeks off for like two years until the, he had a spine surgery and I, somehow it fixed his stomach problem. But I mean, wow. just it was more why, why does he have to go through this? And I never felt like, why do I have to go through it? I felt like, okay, this is a lesson I'm supposed to learn from this. I'm supposed to learn from this. And that all just kind of comes through going through. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, that's where your mess ups at 14 start turning into blessings Mm -hmm. because you were so much mentally older than, you know, you actually were. So to be able to recognize at 18, 17, 18, 19 years old that I've got to you know, I've got to spin this for good. How's this going to help yeah. me? What can I learn like from this? Like how many 18 year olds, how many 18 year olds are saying like, Hey, there's something that's good's going to come out of this. I just know it. No. 18 year olds yeah. are just like, my life sucks. What was yep. me? Wah, wah, wah. Yep. And it's, it, it just, it should put it into perspective that how much we can handle if we have the right attitude. Right. Yes. And, and there are some kids also like Rena's son, that he is one amazing kid that went through a lot, but he learned from a lot of things and learned from just watching like my siblings and stuff. Right. And my older brothers go through horrible things. Like we lost my older brother um, to suicide and drugs right. because of the drugs. Right. Um, and our oldest brother, uh, I know he won't ever listen to anything like this, but <laughs> like lives in Florida is not doing well. I mean, he's 45 and, um, you know, keeps ending up in the wrong places and just not doing good. And so he watched everyone go through that. And so he made the decision to, you know, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be good. I'm going to, you know, he went on a mission to Africa is in the military. I mean, just one strong headed kid because he was able to learn before all the mistakes. And there's not that many people out there that can do that. Most of the time, I mean, you, it's obviously choices, but most of the time you can get away with, or you don't get away with being naturally strong like that. You have to learn from mistakes and going through, uh, challenges and things that happen to you because of mistakes that you make, right. you know? For sure. I mean, well, because it, I, I chose to go and run away from home, I had to learn the hard way. Right, but but look, hindsight, it, that decision also led you to your passion in a sense. Yeah. Like all these bad things that happened ended up leading you to your life, right? Yep. I mean, 
And, Ammon, and I don't think we've said that. Ammon was your, Ammon. Is your son, right? Yes, my son Ammon. And so it, it's it's kind of fascinating how I can't imagine how dark that must feel in the moment. Like the world is, and uh, literally the world is in, like in the in the recycle truck, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's like a picture book. It was like a picture book going yeah. with my life flashing before my eyes. It 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 was like flashes like someone was scrolling pages showing my life and what I I did, what I haven't done, what I'm supposed to do, what is my family going to think? Or is my family ever going to find me? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be recycled. Like all these things are <laughs> running through my brain trying to figure out like what did I do with my life? I did nothing. Right. Well, and, and I'm supposed to do so much more. And I think to your point, I think the thing I'm trying to to explain is that when you're in your darkest moment and you just think nothing's ever going to get better, you know, at, at the garbage truck time, you're five years away from finding your life, like your career, your passion. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not very long. Yeah. Like, that turnaround. I mean, that I mean, really just goes just to show that even if a you, year of having that. Well, I guess you're right. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's just goes to show no matter how bad things are. I mean, I don't think there are many people that can really stack up what they're going through against what you were going through at that time. I mean, you died, right? Mm-hmm. Handicapped son at a really young age. And just a couple short years later, you yeah, found. So yeah, died, handicapped son, divorce, right. abuse, all before the age of 18. <sighs> but by 19, you're fighting in Florida having a, a, a ball. Yeah, right? so I was 20. So between okay. the ages of eight, so I started Muay Thai when I was 20. Between the ages of 18 to 20 um, was when I started learning about the body and trying to lose weight right. and trying to find fitness. and and. But it all led you to that. And yeah. That, I think that's the amazing thing is is how quick we can overcome stuff if we have the right attitude. Right. And and realize like there will be a there, – there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Right? That's and I what wish you have I to could remember. explain that to more people that I – mean, especially – at this time now where kids are getting so are so hard on themselves and think that you know because of all of the social media and stuff and and with kids having to you know look cool with their friends and social media and and who is who's cooler than the other person they have enough followers and just so much that's going in with social media Mm. um it just it it breaks my heart and it and it's sad that there's that that's why i think there's so much more uh suicide oh yeah now because a lot more mel- mental health issues yeah and- Do you yeah. know what? i have to say something though that i think something that stands out with your story because everything should be for our gain right that like that you've right. talked about right and it's it's led you to this path i think too often though we sit back and think that we're just going to be like a passenger on this trip, mm-hmm. you know, like you can't sit back and be a passive participant in your life. Oh, so nothing like, will ever get better. You know, but like, that. but like even finding your stuff, like, and it's really small things. I think that's the number one thing now is like, when I want to do something, it's like, well, I want it to be big. Why am I going to, why am I going to go to the gym for the first time? If I want to be a professional fire, it's like, I'm never going to get there, but just, you got to go, you got to throw your first punch. You have to Mm -hmm. go the first time, you know, and you have to take these steps and you have to be an active participant 
because it's not going to just magically lead you to good. Right. So when you're in these bad situations, if you are feeling overwhelmed, despair, how am I going to get out of this? Right. It literally is like one step at a time. And once you get out of it, you can look back and we can have this awesome journey and this amazing story to tell. But when you're in it, it is one step at a time. time. Absolutely. And I think that's the biggest thing that people have to realize that if you're in something now, if you're going through something, you have to trust that it's going to lead to something good, but you have to put in all of the effort possible to keep taking steps because as soon as you stop moving as soon as you stop moving you're going backwards yep so i kind of have this my husband would say this too when something gets in my mind i'm like crazy obsessed about things and i can't stop thinking about it hyper focus oh my gosh like that's where the ad add comes in that's a huge part of it i have such serious add that like that's why do you like are Oh yeah. Diagnosed with oh, yeah. Uh-huh. really? Yeah, five of uh, five out of nine people in my family. Yeah, it's hereditary. Six, yeah. Six out of nine people in my family all have ADD. That's why they're all an supposed instant to be, bond everyone's supposed us. to be yeah. <laughs> everyone's supposed to be medicated and I mean it's right. it's serious. So um so that's why with the Muay Thai uh I became obsessed with it because I was just crazy about it. before the Muay Thai was a personal trainer. I wanted to be a personal trainer so bad. And I was terrible in school. Just oh, terrible. It, it, most are. It's just oh. not the way the schooling system is. Is not. It's not made for people like us. I wasn't excited and right. passionate about right. it, and so the Muay Thai got crazy obsessed with it. The and then after the Muay Thai, I'm still crazy about it. But um, and then it became the fighting, and uh, and then it became like the weight cuts and trying to be extremely lean and stuff for the I'm weight so cuts. I'm so glad I was a heavyweight when I wrestled in high school. <laughs> I'm in the back of the bus with the, everyone's wearing their sweat, you know, their, oh their vinyl suits. And I'm just like, you guys want some of my Twinkie? It's uh, horrible. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so when I stopped fighting, uh, it was when I met Blake. So I actually got, had another marriage. I met a guy like nine years after. Um, uh, but that, I'm not going to go too deep into that. Third time's a charm. I'm sure people know him, or, so I'm not going to yeah. badmouth anyone on here. Okay, yeah. Maybe. So anyways, uh, <laughs> divorced him four years later okay. and met Blake. And I I think that's when, and so I, I had neck surgery. I fused my neck and I was, and I didn't have the time that I had then um, to do the training and do the fighting and yet still have a relationship. Right. And so... I was like, I am happy. Like, I'm happy with my family, and I want to have a baby. And that it was actually a few years, like three years after I had met Blake, is when I lost Ammon to pneumonia, Ugh. and so that how was old when was he was almost eighteen. Okay. So that's when I felt like my life just went, right. and there was like two months, or there was two weeks straight where so I you were married to Blake when when Ammon, when Ammon passed, passed away. away yeah. Okay. So Blake was Ammon's dad. Okay. And so I remember just wanting to lay in bed and not get out. Like I was like, well, now what? Now, now what do I do? I have no idea what I want to do. I have nothing that gets me up in the morning. I mean, I had Blake and, and, but it's different. Like when all of a sudden you lose what you do every day, meds, diaper changing, schedule, uh, ordering all the supplies and formula and getting home 
at 5.30 because the bather is going to be there at 5.45 to start bathing him and putting him right. to bed and, you know, like routine, routine, routine for years and years and years. And his wheelchair appointments and, you know, physical appointments, all, all the stuff. And then all of a sudden just, burp, you know, a cut. And isn't it crazy? All of the stuff that you had gone through through your life and at that point, that was when it was like, oh my gosh, now what? Now what? You know, yeah. after yeah. all of the stuff you had gone through, you yeah. hadn't really got to that point. Yeah. You were just always like, focused day by day. I'm going, yeah. I'm going, I I'm think going. That he was my drive. Like he was my my drive to, to, you know, constantly be bettering myself, constantly be improving in my skills and, and teaching classes. And, and he was my drive. And then when I lost him, it was like, Meh. you know, it, I think that says so much. Sorry to cut you off, but so much about your character. I don't know how to word this without it sounding bad, but you you talking about what your normal day was like, I would think that some some people might feel almost maybe a sense of like some weight coming off my shoulders. Oh, and you, you were would the be surprised the people, opposite. Like there was there was friends that also or there's people that also had handicapped child right. or kids kids and they I'd have people come up to me and say, aren't you relieved? And I'd be like, are you freaking kidding right. me? How could you even say that? Oh my gosh. But there are a lot that have handicapped children that struggle, I mean, immensely with the day in and the day out. And right. I thrived off it because he was my saving grace, oh, you know? And to have a parent be like, oh, I'm so relieved. Oh my gosh. I mean- I felt like my life was just bleh, done. See, that and that's point. Andrew, your point. That's it's really interesting. Like what you just said, it, it to to look at your history before that, like what you had gone through already. It's like, God, you'd think at that point, like I, I'll get through it. I'm fine. But that one, it almost seems like that one was your hardest one. Oh yeah, absolutely. It, everyone has that. Trial. Yeah, and, it, it was. It was my husband that. I'm going to get all emotional, but it was my husband that literally came to me and he's like, you have to get out of bed. And I was like, you jerk. How dare you? (laughs) How dare you tell me to get out of bed? I want to be in bed for the rest of my life. And he made me get up. He made me get out of bed. He made me continue. And I, and I, I honestly think the Ammon, I think the Ammon chose to go at that time because I was finally in a good place and finally you had with, someone you could rely on. Yeah. Someone that would actually watch out for you yeah. for the first time in your yeah. life. Cause I felt like Ammon like silently did that and silently kept me going and kept me motivated. And you could and, tell I never got to meet Ammon, but you look at, you see pictures and that kid is just pure sunshine. Oh yeah. Pure sunshine. I mean, you could just see it in a picture. Yeah. You know, it's, all day. And the only time he wasn't was when he was sick and he didn't cry. He would just grind his teeth. Wow. And so that's how I know is like there's something seriously wrong. He's, he's grinding his teeth. But he didn't cry. He, he cried like the first five years. And then after that, just stopped crying. And he wow. would get like stressed and stuff, but he just. It's tough like his mama. Yeah, he's just one tough kid, man. But so it was at that point where, where Blake made me get up and continue with life. Um and keep going is when I was like, okay, 
so I didn't know what to do. I, I wasn't going and teaching at the gym because that biggest part was teaching the kids and I just couldn't do it because Ammon was there every single day for the kids' classes and they would all come in and be like, Ammon! And right. tap his hands and make, all try to make him smile and stuff. And so going back to teach the kids was so hard for me, so hard. And so I didn't go back to teach for eight weeks. Wow. It was about eight weeks and I didn't go back to teaching the kids for like 10 or 12 weeks. If I remember right. Had you started your gym at this point? No. That and Yeah, that's what I wanted to. So at that point, I was going through my house doing the, like, literally de-junking and cleaning my entire house. Right. Every single room, every single drawer. After Ammon passed away. After Ammon passed away. Okay. It was like this weird, like, bleh, I needed to, yeah. like, get rid of everything. Except I couldn't go into Ammon's room. Yeah. It was, like, so hard. At some point, I, at one point, I finally got in there, donated everything to Tiny Tots, the handicap home oh, wow. in Orem. I donated everything to him, his wheelchair, his bed, just everything. And so anyways, it was about seven months later is when uh, the owners that had come in and bought out the pit elevated, they're called, called Excel, um, comes in and they said, hey, and they had just like revamped the whole thing, bought all new equipment. And they're like, hey, we're getting a divorce, so we're shutting you guys down. And we're like, what? Wow. And so at that point, um, a lot of people kind of went – separate ways and I was like well um where's all my classes gonna go like and I went to Blake I'm like I can do this we could we could do it we could open a gym and, and so this was only like five years ago right yeah what is Blake because the pit was open ago. when I was like the pit was still open yeah for three a year and a half after ago. I opened Bam Bams yeah yeah wow so Ammon had been passed away for about eight months and then uh I was like we're going to open it. So within a two week period, I was able to get a business, get a business license, do all the stuff and get a, find a building and move in all within two weeks. <laughs> wow. Two weeks. We had actually just moved to Lehigh three weeks before we weren't even unpacked in my house and we had moved the entire gym over to, into a building. It was insane. What is Blake? Was Blake working with so he, you? Yeah, so he, he does. Job? Yeah, he does loans or mortgages and okay. loans. And so he was doing that on the side. Like he literally so supported work, us. Did he work with like flagship, those guys? Um, did those guys own the pit? Wait, is that what they're called? Yeah, so flag like flagship. Will. Guy, Will, flagship, yeah, um, right. Flagship. Was it flagship or VA? It, they did VA loans. It was flagship loans. and flagship. Yeah, yep. so he had VA home, home loans and flagship. Right. But no, he didn't work with them. He worked um, with a guy that used to work with them. Okay. Anyway, so he kind of did it on his own on the side. But um, yeah, but that's what he's done on the side. Wow. And literally supported us so that we didn't take anything from the gym. Like we still like hardly take anything. You know. So you had never opened a business. So you had your classes. You were working. I had never been a business owner. And, and it, they decided to shut like it that. down, which I was kind of bummed about because yeah, I got it was to sad. see. It's funny. I, I don't I don't remember. That's where I met Caitlin and Court and all uh -huh. these guys. It's so weird yep. that we never met. But how cool is that? I mean. Why did you have the confidence to do that? Yeah, that, that's like, what I was basically I mean, you, you started a business in two weeks where people with formal education and all the training and money behind them might take them who knows how long. So ADD, I baby. get a business loan. And they made me write up an entire business plan from front to back. Like, yeah. And it was rough. Oh, man. Right in, but I think the confidence but came by it. taking care of Ammon all of his life. Okay. Ordering all the supplies, keeping up on top of that. Uh, appointments for, um, or, or doing hiring to, to, for caregiving. Um, having to do all the paperwork for, uh, for the government to get 
you know, help from the government for Ammon and being on Medicaid and for him being on Medicaid and just all the. All that's got to be a lot harder than, than yeah. the business thing, And starting right? that at age, you know, yeah. 16, I kind of learned how to be a voice and how to, you know. I think that's probably the number one hurdle for most people. Is, but it's still been, so, I mean, people have no idea what goes into it. Oh, no idea. But, but, but you still, but you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I think that first I'm step still of learning. like, yeah, and, but that's oh, the attitude. And we all, we all yeah. are. It, I, but I think that most people get stopped where you, what you did in two weeks is where most people see the biggest wall, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, you were kind of forced into it because the gym's shutting down. You're like, what am I going to do? Yeah. I still, I got to stay in this. So you just kind of created, you created your own path. You yeah. just built your own where most people would be like, they would never think to, Let's write up a business plan, go get a loan, and open a gym. And I actually never got the loan. I had a wow. very uh, dear, close friend, actually, I uh, can't say who, but um, that loaned us the money to be able to get everything. That's awesome. And we were able to pay them them back, like, within, we paid them completely back in, I think it was eight months, nine months. Wow. How has the business evolved from when you started it? Like, did you start with just a handful of classes and it's grown? Has it always, oh, yeah. always been in the same building down where, off of No, so North we were, um, we were across the freeway in a little tiny uh, 3,000 square foot building. Oh, okay. Wow. And we had, it was so insanely packed. People were parking across the street in the, fa- in the neighborhoods and walking across the street with their kids. To just to get there, I mean, bags everywhere. It was insane. How did that feel? Open like you open the doors, and you start seeing this support. It felt and, amazing. Wow. Yeah, it was awesome. We had a lot of support, and I mean, there's like people are still kind of go and do their things. I mean, it was it was it's cool to see that all the people that were at the pit, um, like the that were all a team have right. have slowly branched off right and have done their own things like all over Utah. Right. And which I think is really cool. I, I mean, think so too. Look at the confidence that came out of that place. Yep. You know? Oh, well, that place was getting pretty well known in UFC. Like people, like some yeah. big fighters would come and train here because of the elevation and yeah. who was there. And But yeah, you're right. I mean, Ramsey has his gym Ramsey, up north. Yep. Ramsey's right? got Court his. still, he just fought the Court other night. Court goes to all the gyms. Yeah, I see Court. <laughs> yeah, I see Court. I've seen Court three times at your yeah. gym. Yeah, Court. So his his kids come to my classes and stuff, and so he comes in and sometimes right. and trains and and then. Uh, but like it's like it's so cool to see all the different- everyone succeeding. Yeah, still doing awesome. good, even though Brock left me. I know, and he left me too. Oh, I love that because he was teaching for me for a little. Oh, he was. Yeah, he went he to sell paint. Brock seriously had to go get we're, a big boy job. You. We're mad at you. <laughs> Just so are you still fighting? No, so I quit fighting when I married Blake. Okay, how come? Um, I loved going home and eating. <laughs> uh, no, I was still extremely lean and stuff when I when I first married him and stuff. But I loved the, like having a relationship and having time for a relationship and um, like with with my ex. Like, yeah, we were married and we went home, but there just wasn't that relationship part and the partnership and i felt like we were good roommates that right. hung out every once in a while you know right um so that was probably pretty exciting for you to have yeah. those feelings for like to finally have a true partner yeah that you actually you know wanted to go home to yeah. and be with yep i wanted to go home and i wanted to be with him and How, how'd you meet blake at the gym 
Really? Yep. I was going to say, because does, does, does he fight? So he, he came looks in. like he does. He's, he's, a, he's, <clears throat> he's really good. Yeah, he's ripped. He's like Brock freaky, d- talented. Brock, <laughs> Brock goes, look for a guy that looks like, like a bull rider. He was a bull rider. And he, okay, he so really he was, was a bull He was rider. a professional bull rider, yeah. Like he's just he's just this. Of I mean, course. Just so before that, so we like actually started, dude. he started I want you guys to be my neighbors. You guys can be like my personal security. So we he started Muay Thai exactly when I started Muay Thai. Wow. He was at the Thai Institute and, and he would go at nights and or and I, like we would go on opposite days and we hung out with all the same people but we never had met each other. I even went to his fight and didn't know who he was but I had been, I had gone to his fight like years and years and years ago. Um, and so, because when we first met, we're like, wait a second, like you did Muay Thai at the Thai Institute? Like wow. you knew these people? It was kind of crazy. But so he was a professional motocross um, from age 16 to 18 and then had crashed and just shattered his hand and his thumb and, and elbow and everything. So he couldn't grip it anymore. Oh, so okay. that's when, uh, but he, I mean, he has more of an insane drive than I do. I mean, I thought that I was bad and then I met my match and he's right. just, he's a nut. <laughs> he's that with, when it comes to like drive and, and like worth eth- work ethics and stuff. And so he went from, uh, motocross to bull riding and uh, did bull riding because you only need one hand you know and so wow. he went with the opposite hand this guy just has to riding. compete man huh? oh yeah yeah i love it it's like his stress relief fight it's like the one thing that like you kept know? him keeps him grounded is right. is is some type of intense working out you two seem perfect for each other by the way yeah like it's just like we're we're so in different in many ways but right. we're we just compliment each other. Well, and you share, I, I think sharing a hobby, not even a hobby. I mean, yours, it would be sharing a passion, but the fact that you both love the same thing. He's just and- way better at computer stuff than me. <laughs> <laughs> way better. He's got that, that brain, like right. with like all the trading stuff online. Like I look at charts and stuff and I'm like, what is that? That's why you're a good team though. Cause you should, it, if you ever go to Wasatch, wait till you see Tandy doing her thing. It's awesome. Like you're so good Thank with you. everybody there. It's just you're just it's a light that bulb. Obsessive compulsive with yeah. like technique and well, but I just, but I was there. I I've been at that point. I've been at that point where you first start something and you're scared, but you want it so bad and you want to learn so bad, but people I had a hard time with people teaching me because they just wouldn't break it down enough for me. They wouldn't. Uh, it took me like two years for someone to tell me, hey, and that's an ADHD thing right there. Yeah. Like, like it, it does. We go a little bit slower at processing things, but yeah, I mean, my gosh, but people would just be like, hey, just, you know, step on your jab. And I'm like, okay, that's. And so, but like to have someone break it down for me and be like, you know, rotate your you shoulder understood. over and keep your balance in your legs. And, and so I was so obsessed with it that I think that right there helped me become how technical i am now right. and so that's what i want to give to everyone else is is what i wish i would have had you know when i first started to help them learn faster and um, that's how i am with my barbecue classes there's so much bad information out there class. you come whenever you want oh, i'm so excited what would you say to people who are scared of starting you that's just a great got question it. like 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 i'm sure there's a lot of people listening or have thought about it even myself you know yeah. like i work out every day i have for a long time but those gyms intimidate me because I've never fought before. It's like, I don't know if I'm going to feel like a fish out of water when I go in there. 
So Well, a lot of MMA gyms were hard and scary because right. you were jumping in with the people that have been doing it. Yeah. So you're always scared because you don't know what you're doing. You're a fish out of water and you're afraid you're going to look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's why we do beginning classes and just we have like the Muay Thai 101, the Jiu Jitsu 101 for the people that are just starting. So we start you from the beginning. Are right? there a lot of people should. that go in? Tons. Okay. Like our 101 classes are huge. I was going to say, there must have been 40 people in the first class that I saw. It was after my son's jujitsu. Yes. There's a beginner Muay Thai class. Muay Thai, yeah. I can, and, and I mean, we're talking like five foot two girls For up all to different handsome. levels of athleticism. All different levels. Like men, yes. women. You, oh, you don't yeah. have to be like super I've got in shape. Like, no. No. Like I've got one class that's got like 15-year-olds up to, um, I think he's 60. Wow. Yeah. So like... There's so many different ranges. You've got people that have been doing it for years. You've got people that um, are just starting like that day. Uh, the biggest thing is, is you have to go in with no ego and just yeah. think no one's looking at you and just try it and just listen to the coach and focus on yourself. Don't focus on, about, on anyone else around you. Right. Because well, everyone I, starts going like this. Oh, somebody's looking at me. It's like nobody's it's looking like, at you. Am I doing this right? Yeah, am I doing this right? Everyone else is thinking the same thing. Everyone else yeah. is trying to learn it because it's it's not a natural no. thing. You, I mean, especially you go into a fight, you want to like the natural thing is stick your chin up, stick your chest up, puff yourself up like a peacock. You know, right. trying make to make yourself a huge target, right? Which is <laughs> making yourself a huge target. Um, where guys come in and they want to tense their muscles, flex right. their chest, and hit as hard as they can, and they don't realize that they're like losing all their power they're swinging their punches the wrong way they're gonna get caught over here like and so you have to be like okay slow it down you know so go slow and smooth and i have to tell everyone slow is smooth smooth is fast but always start slow just like everything else you have to do in life if you try to rush into it you're going to be missing steps except slow is smooth smooth, smooth is, is fast. fast i stole that from shooter that's so I was good. Gonna say I've heard that. <laughs> Shooter, yeah, the sniper movie. I love that movie. It's a great movie. Yep. What a story. So, what's your favorite thing to teach? What, Muay Thai. What, Muay, Absolutely. Is there a certain age group or skill level that's your favorite? Because mm. it sure seems like you know you're so busy. It, but the the couple times I've seen you with like Dodgers Muay Thai class, the kids, man, you sure look like you're having fun. The so the eight. To twelve year olds, for some reason, they they pick it up so right. easy. It's incredible. That's like and to watch them like absorb it. And there there's there's some kids that it's just like they they've got that drive and that passion at that at such a young age that I love to like feed it, you know, right. and and help them know that it that they're doing good and to you know, show them how powerful they can be and show them how strong they can be. And and even like the girls that come in, it is awesome to watch them, watch their technique. Like little girls learn so fast. Oh man, Dodger. So they always pair him up with this 12-year-old girl. She's Polynesian. She's uh-huh. pretty big. Yeah. But she's a little more, exper- quite quite a bit more experienced than he is. But Only because she they, goes home and practices. Well, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. that's who they pair him up with. And it's it's so cool to see like, I would love to see some little punk boy pick on her at school. Oh, yeah. Like, they're done. Yeah. yeah. That and, girl's a powerhouse. And she's exactly such a sweetheart, yes. right? And, like, you know, she'll throw Dodger in a chokehold, and he'll tap out, and she'll just be like, 
good job, good job. You know, she's all encouraging. Yeah, I mean, so that's one thing we focus on is really focusing on um, the respect for their teammates right. and having them all helping each other and uh, working on the control of their punches. And and yes, we start getting them into the sparring, but right now I'm not letting them do any headshots. Right. Um, they're still learning how to protect and protect their head and stuff, but we keep them safe. And But to watch their skills, like... It's incredible. It like was, that's fun. It, it's that's fun really for a fun parent for too. Like if you've ever thought about getting your kid into something like this, it was fun because the first couple months I was there every time watching, but then I'd get busy, and so I there was a gap where I didn't come to watch them for like a month. I come back, and that was only what eight to eight classes of the jujitsu. I guess yeah. is what he missed. I couldn't believe how much better yeah. he was, and just yeah. A month. Kids learn so fast. It was amazing. Is there anything that is that you're not doing yet? That any future plans or different classes yes. or some stuff you're working on with there? With so the next year, I couldn't do this year because of the twins. Like uh-huh. my life is insane right now. Right. Um. But next year, I want to do the kids' competitions. It's called um, the Youth Development League. Oh wow! So um, they're all over the U.S. right now. Uh, this guy. Um, crew patrick rivera he is in charge of the youth development league and the the muay thai team that travels to thailand and stuff wow so he's in charge of all that and he was one of my mentors that i had met out in california at my main mentor uh Kieran fitzgibbons he coaches a lot of mma fighters in the ufc and uh glory and um, lion fights i mean just all over he's just right. an incredible coach but he was the one that gave me the confidence to open the gym is I went to a seminar of his and and I mean he's just such has such open open doors and open arms to everyone and is such an incredible coach and I think that's where I was like I could do this you know with the gym but anyway so I met uh, Crew Patrick out there uh, they call him Crew as as coach right um, and so he said that I could run the one for Utah and have a big, huge kids competition here. So they're judged on their technique. They're judged on their ring control and the combos that they throw and, um, and like them keeping their hands up and, and, um, staying active. They're not judged on if they can go out and just beat the, like punch some kid as hard as they can. And there's no headshots, but they, they can punch in like the shoulders and stuff right. and they have to have good technique. So it's a really good way for the kids to learn the competition side of it and to learn all the, the skills, the skills and without and I love taking that. damage. Because every other way. sport that kids play, there is a, you know, you practice and then you compete, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think with martial arts, it is important to have an, you know non-intimidating, easy way to get into the competition yeah. side of it. Yeah, that's because important. that's what makes them more passionate about it is, right. is the competing. Well, I mean, that's what it did for you. Yeah. That yeah. first loss was like, okay. Oh, boy. How do I get better? I got to get better. Exactly. That exactly. Is, you know, and I think the other thing, do you ever, being a woman in this game, right? Because you've been in it, it's obviously it's becoming much more mainstream, right? Like oh, UFC, yeah. like there's at least one or two. Like what my women's class is huge. It, it, but see, I think... That's I awesome. think you being the founder of the gym, like, like having like, a woman, a woman yeah, owner, right? What I'm saying is, like, if somebody never came in, and this is no disrespect to Ramsey, for example, like he's a sweetheart, I love Ramsey, mm-hmm. but th- you're just a very sweet person, right? And I think coming into a gym intimidated, like I've never done this before, mm-hmm. and then meeting someone like you there, 
I think would just take people's guards, de- guards yeah. down so much As faster. To some gnarly early dude. Yeah, who just looks like he's been through. Yeah. Right, the ringer a little bit, and uh, and uh, I think Ramsey actually really... pulls it off really good. He's he's a very likable person. Oh, Ramsey, yeah. and so he's amazing. Yeah, but, but if you but didn't there's know a lot yeah, there's a lot of MMA gyms that are like kind of intimidating with this right. guy that comes out that's you know uh, kind of rough around the edges and extreme cauliflower ear and right. you know like comes <laughs> right. up to the front and if if they're not extremely nice and they have to really lay it on thick yes yeah. right where with you it's just that, i'll never forget the first day and i still have to you know right well right and it's and your gym just matches you i guess is what i'm trying to say you know what i mean it just it is a well have you been there before andrew you really had to come you you, yes. you walk in and you're just like this I imagine something totally different. Yeah, right. It's just it literally it brings the down place. the guard and to where you don't have to feel so intimidated right. and uh, and you want to do it and you don't feel so scared and you're gonna have to go yeah. be in another place soon. Yeah, Cam that on, place isn't gonna Cam hold and you. I, are I know. Do a class. That's crazy. I'll do a class. Let's go do a class. It's so fun. You're gonna <laughs> get addicted. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. You get done with the workout and you're like, oh my gosh, that was so much fun. Holy cow, I just worked out so hard. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the trick, right? Like yeah. that's my next big goal is I've got to freaking lose this weight. But I, with the ADD thing, like I have to enjoy what I'm doing or I won't stick with it. Exactly. And so that's why watching Dodger, I'm just like, man, just watching the Muay Thai guy spar. You know, mm-hmm. like big handsome. You know, handsome uh-huh. played football yeah. at BYU. He's a good friend of mine. It was fun to see him in there. And you know, he's fighting. He's sparring with guys Brent size and handsomes. Six five three twenty. Yeah, he's like Blake's favorite person to start with. <laughs> yeah, and he's a you know Tongan kid. Yeah, but man, just seeing him go with a much smaller guy and he tones it down and uh-huh. is respectful and it's just I don't know. It's so there. There is something for everybody. Exactly. There. And so exactly. I don't get paid by this place. By the way, I pay full price. So <laughs> just in case you think I'm overplugging this place, but it is a special spot, and so and I think it's special because of you and. I think that you have a, that even the teachers, like they all just match. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is a really, really admirable thing. And if there's anyone that comes in with like an ego, like they either check their ego ego. or (laughs) Or you'll check it or we let, or we let them go. (laughs) I mean, there was uh, one person that we let go because there was a lot of ego and a lot of uh, negative talk about other members. And so, yeah, it's a lot of negative talk. And so we, uh, we stopped it. Yeah. So yeah, that well, that would be that'd be a tough thing to. You can't be like that there because people no. already are feeling a little self conscious. Yeah, yeah. So we. Fighting. That's one big thing that we definitely talk about with all instructors is you know, there's no clicks. There's no you know like it's not like we don't like to let the jujitsu be like oh we're jujitsu and jujitsu only <laughs> we don't do muay thai you know um, I mean obviously there are people that love the jujitsu or love the muay thai or right. love the boxing but there's no clicks with it right you know um, everyone's together everyone is you know a team and uh, same with like the strength and conditioning we have some awesome strength and conditioning coaches um, one girl Cheryl has been with me since 24 hour fitness wow I mean She's amazing. That's so cool. But that's where I met her was at teaching at 24 Hour Fitness together. Right. And we just kind of, she followed me to the pit and, or she followed me to LA Boxing and then to the pit. Right. And then through the pit to, the, you know, to where we're at now. But that's cool. Yeah. Well, 
Tandy, thanks for coming on. You're Seriously, Thank you. it's so we need, fun. We need to have you on again because I'm sure there's a lot more. But what an inspiring story! Oh, there's a thanks more. for sharing it. And with hopefully, us. Yeah. there's more. We can figure out a way to put you and Robin together. Yeah, we, I have we've fun, got like, fire we, stories and baby <laughs> stories. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a lot of girls like that deal with like the with infertility that yeah, yeah. I could talk about and yeah. Well, we'll have to have you back on. But yeah, we've got we've got some ideas. We're gonna we'll release a little. What, what do we want to call it? A little promotion? Maybe later this week. Yeah, We're we'll going to talk to Tandy about it. But yeah. yeah. We've got some cool I'd ideas. Get some women learning how to beat up bad guys. Let's I do would it. love right? that. Yeah. Okay. It's my other passion is teaching the women. So. I love go. it. All right, Tandy. Well, thanks for coming thanks, on. Thanks, you guys. 